Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high-paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back to the Next Level Nutrition Biz podcast. In today's episode, I wanted to talk about some common mindset blocks that I see happening um, for most people when starting their nutrition business. These are common things that are happening um, to a lot of us when we first get started or even when we're a little bit further along in our business. And so what I did was gather some um, mindset blocks from my Launcher Nutrition Biz students, some things that they let me know they're personally struggling with and um, just wanted to open the conversation up and give you a little bit of perspective when I hear my clients or my students come against these mindset blocks, um, this is some of the advice that I generally give. Now, let me preface this by saying that I also struggle with a lot of these mindset blocks and I've struggled with them at different parts of my business. Um, When I was first starting out, a lot of mindset things were coming up about do I know enough? Can I actually help somebody? Am I like feeling like an imposter? Like who am I to help someone? Um, and there was lots of those feelings around like, I don't really know if, you know, I can actually help. And that really like made me struggle for a while. And then, you know, as my business grew and I helped more people, some of those, you know, mindset blocks quieted it down. And now I sometimes get mindset blocks more around like, who am I to launch this new program? Or what you know actually makes me different? Or why should somebody spend this much money working with me? Or whatever it might be. And so I just wanted to show you that you know no matter what stage you're at in your business, these things likely will pop up and it's normal and it's okay. There's nothing wrong or bad about you if you're feeling challenged in your mindset about running a business. And these challenges might shift and change as your business grows. And even some of the most, you know, popular entrepreneurs or business owners also struggle with a lot of these things. But at the end of the day, it's figuring out how to overcome or kind of move past some of these blocks that's really gonna help you stand out as an entrepreneur. And that's really what's gonna help you move to that next step in your business. So. Just wanted to share that. Um, and you know, this is very common. I hear a lot of these things often. Um, and when I did post inside my Launch Your Nutrition Biz student forum to ask them, you know, what are your mindset blocks? Some of these blocks were said multiple times by multiple different people. So if you're feeling a certain way or thinking a certain thing, um, you're probably not alone. There's probably somebody out there that is also struggling with this. Uh, So that's why, you know, talking about this and putting it out there can make us feel a little bit less alone. So just first off, I also struggle with a lot of these things. They're a work in progress. And I think just, you know, in doing the work and actually putting yourself out there, um, you can kind of start to overcome some of these or at least quiet them down a little bit. So let's get started with some of the questions I got. One of the mindset blocks that somebody sent to me was they're really curious about, you know, what makes them different than everybody else out there? They're feeling a bit stuck that like, what am I offering that's different? Why should somebody want to work with me? So to this question or to this mindset block, you know, 
I just want to reiterate that when it comes to business, there's going to be a lot of people doing the same thing that you're likely going to also be doing. And what makes you different than anyone else offering these same things is you, is your personality, your approach, what makes you, you. And people at the end of the day usually want to invest in someone that they know and someone that they like, someone that they trust. Um, They want to invest into you because there could be like multiple people offering the exact same thing. A lot of the time people will go with the person that they know or that they are like attracted to, you know, maybe personality wise or you know, whatever that trait is that somebody feels connected to. So for this reason, it's actually really important that we are showing up and we're, you know, showing people who we are and a bit about our personality and making ourselves more visible, showing our face, because this is in a lot of cases going to be the determining factor of why somebody's going to work with us or not. So you are really that secret sauce in your own business and hiding yourself away and not sharing that or showcasing your different personality traits might actually be hurting your business. Um, And it's okay if somebody else is offering something similar to you. I actually like to think about this in a, you know, real positive way. Let's say there's three other people, honestly, you know, selling the exact same thing that you're selling. Well, then that shows that there's demand for what you're doing, which is a good thing. It's showing that there's enough people doing this, that that must mean that there are enough people out there that needs the support. So I usually take that as a positive. I'm like, this is great. This goes to show that this is in demand. And then what's going to make you know, somebody work with me versus this other person is me. It's my personality. And sometimes people will like that and they'll want to work with you. And sometimes people won't jive with that and they won't want to work with you. And that is okay. There are enough people to go around. So really leaning into who you are, what makes you different and remembering that, you know, it's okay if there's, you know, quote unquote competition and other people offering the same thing, there is enough to go around for all of us. And if you're not sure what makes you different, I highly recommend just asking your friends or family, like asking them, what would you say is my strongest asset? Like, where does my personality really thrive? And then you can actually lean more into that in your marketing. So if they're like, you're a really great listener, you could then start posting on your website or posting in your content about how when you work with clients, you take time to listen and to really, you know, hear what they're going through and to give them personalized feedback. And that might really speak to someone. Also, if your personality trait is to be bubbly and outgoing and maybe super motivating, you might encourage someone who needs that motivation and needs that like cheerleader person to sign up with you because that's what they need right now. So you can really see that how there's so many different types of people to help all other different types of people. And there's no one right or wrong personality to have to run a business. Like there is space for all of us with all of our different personalities. So you really do need to think through what makes you different and then let that shine out. And that might sound corny, (laughs) but it's true. And you know, that is again, your secret sauce when it comes to what makes you different. Okay, the next question that came in or the next kind of mindset block is how do you navigate the mental overwhelm? So the constant thoughts that are coming from every direction that come with first time entrepreneurship. Now, first off, um, it's really exciting to be in this new stage of entrepreneurship because you're 
likely having lots of ideas. You're lot, maybe you're like, oh, I could do this thing or I could do that thing. And you know, it's, it's an exciting time, but that can also come with, you know, it taking up a lot of brain space. And I personally remember this. I used to feel like going to bed at night, I'd be like so wired and tired because I'd have a million ideas in my head and I'd just stay awake, like thinking about all these new business ideas or thinking about something I forgot to do in my business. So what I learned and what I want to also teach to you or share with you is that, you know, at every stage of your business, it is important to set boundaries around all of this, like, mental overwhelm um, or else you're always going to be thinking about everything. So my recommendation is to actually um, find a system to organize your thoughts. Um, so in this way, you're creating boundaries so that you're not thinking 24 seven about all of these, you know, fun and exciting and sometimes stressful ideas. Um, you're just setting them aside to come back to at a later time. So an organizational system that has helped me so, so much personally being the type of person that can ruminate on lots of different thoughts and ideas. Um, it has been Asana, which is a task management platform. So whenever I have a thought or a task that comes up, I actually write it down into Asana. Um, I get it out of my head. And what I do is I set a, de a deadline and a date uh, to actually either go back to that task and you know get it done or to um, look at it at a future point of time. I feel like this has helped me just like categorize my thoughts and put them away and actually like take them out of my brain and give me brain space back because I feel like the mental overwhelm can be so much because there's like a million and one things you need to be doing. And although like at the beginning of your business, there might feel like even more things because you're kind of initially setting everything up, it still does continue on into later years because now you're thinking about bigger projects and bigger ideas and optimizing things where at the beginning you just have a million and one things you need to start. Um, so having some place to kind of put my thoughts and tasks and just ideas for me to come back to has helped tremendously. And I honestly cannot speak more positively about Asana. I use their free account and I populate, you know, all of my tasks in there. And I've been so much more productive since using Asana. The other thing um, you could do if you feel like you have a lot of like, you know, mindset chatter and lots of ideas and mental overwhelm, you could keep um, a notepad near your bed or even near your shower. I mean, I find that I always get my best ideas in the shower, you know, because we're kind of relaxed and really receptive at that point of time. So keeping a notebook near those places. You could also send yourself a voice note or an email if there's like something that you're thinking and you want to come back to at a later time. Just anything again to get these things out of your head so they're not ruminating um, around. And the last thing I'll say is to find a good support system to talk through those ideas. I feel like we can ruminate and actually have those mental overwhelm um, feelings more if we're just in our own head. But if we have colleagues or friends or family members we can connect with and discuss these ideas with, um, we can just process them a little bit more and they don't have like, they're not such a heavy load on us all of the time. So I find that that really helps as well. 
The next question I got was, um, you know, this feeling of like finding and maintaining daily balance and not burning yourself out as an entrepreneur. I had a couple people actually say that they felt this one. And this person had said, you know, even when it's my own business, I end up letting balance go to the wayside and my health to the wayside. Everything kind of falls away and I just lose balance and I turn to burnout. Well, number one, I can relate to this one. <laughs> For many, many years, my business became my full-time focus and my own health really struggled. And that's the reason I got into nutrition to begin with was because my own digestive issues and my own migraine issues, and they got a lot better when I focused on my health and then, you know, starting my business and prioritizing business over self actually made a lot of those health issues come back because I wasn't putting myself first. And so what I personally really learned and what I want to kind of bestow onto you as well is that your business can only grow and make progress if you're working on yourself. Because for the majority of us, we are our business. We're, you know, a brand. And if we're not showing up on social media, or if we're not writing an email to our email list because we don't feel well or we don't have good balance, the business can't grow. So it is actually part of your job to work on yourself, your physical health, your mental health, your mindset. These are all pieces of the puzzle of entrepreneurship. So, you know, at the end of the day, it might happen that you get to a place of burnout. I feel like it's very common. And um, I think, you know, in our society, we're talking a lot more now about, you know, how burnout is not a badge to wear. Like it's not a good thing to happen, but it does happen. And, you know, before we can even get to that place, we need to work on preventative support. And this comes a lot down to nervous system support, something that I'm personally very, very interested in. How can I regulate my nervous system every single day so that I'm not hitting a place of burnout, so that I'm not kind of approaching my business from a sense of urgency or like a sense of doom. Like if I don't get these things done, it's going to fail. So I think it's really, again, coming back to that word boundaries, having boundaries, putting yourself first, you know, putting your health first, making sure you're eating a healthy and nourishing breakfast, getting water throughout the day, taking movement breaks, getting outside in the sun, doing, you know, a little bit of breath work or meditation to center yourself before your client sessions. That's really going to go a long way in avoiding the burnout. Um, and that's, you know, again, we can tell our clients to do all these things, but if we're not doing them ourselves, we're, we're not going to be able to sustain this long-term. So if you find that you're in a place of burnout, um, it's okay. You can totally pull yourself out of it. Um, I just recommend, you know, taking a healthy break from your business and, you know, really working on that nervous system support before you come back to things. And then also knowing it's not about just like, getting to burn out again, taking a break, and then getting back to business, then burning out. And you know, the cycle continues. It's about those small daily actions for support that, you know, we can bring into our life to help, you know, our life and our business and our health and everything just like balance together as much as possible. So that's really my goal personally. Um, I am taking off some time this summer to do just that, to really work on nervous system support and um, hoping to return with just like way more daily practices for myself so that I can sustain this business for 
the next 10, 20, 30, however many years, um, and really give myself that, that support that, that I deserve and that my clients deserve. So sometimes I know it's not super sexy to say this, but like, you know, if you can look at working on yourself as part of your job and, and part of your success, um, and that's the way you need to think of it, then think of it that way and put yourself on your calendar just like you would a, a client. Um, so I hope that that helps a little bit in helping you kind of maintain that kind of some semblance of balance. I don't know if we're ever going to find balance, but you know, a little bit more so than what might be happening right now. And, um, this is another thing you can share with your colleagues or your friends. Um, I'm sure that they are also trying to find ways to support themselves through periods of burnout. So talking about it um, and finding strategies together can always be helpful as well. Uh, the next question, or I guess mindset block that came in was, I've, won I've been wondering if it's possible to work full-time as a holistic nutritionist. There seems to be so many people who dabble, who are struggling to make it their full-time gig, or who have various other side hustles or have a million other qualifications. Is this a realistic full-time career option? Now, I've heard this one often recently. I feel like with kind of COVID and like looming recession talk, we're feeling a little more strapped in ways that like we maybe can't take risks now like we could in previous years like it's scarier to try something new like starting a business or doing this as an actual new career because what happens if we fail or what happens if it doesn't work out or I can't get a full-time income from this job so I totally understand kind of the fear and the anxiety that comes up around this but there's a couple of things I want to say about this the first one is um and this is not to like give a cop-out answer of like, just give it time. But honestly, it takes time to grow a successful business. And if that means having to work part-time while you grow your business, like if you need to because of income or whatever reason, um, and it gives you that cushion for a slower, more consistent growth in your business, then that's what I recommend. Because it did take me a couple of years until I had full-time consistent income in my business. And um, I personally couldn't have started my business if I didn't have a cushion, um, which was my partner Craig and helping to you know also uh, pay for some of our lifestyle while I was starting my business. So for me, I, I needed the, the support. And also I had a couple part-time jobs when I first started my business. I was working at a health food store. I was working doing events for um, two different health brands. So I was quite busy and you know it might not have been huge income I was making on the side but it did give me a little bit of a cushion to be you know doing that to also have the support from my partner and then to be building my business at the same time so I personally needed all of these different sources to feel confident in going kind of full in on my business and the other thing I want to say is that I remember back in the day when I started hearing a lot of people talking about how when you're starting your business, you should not have a plan B. Like if you have a plan B, then you're just not going to go full in and, you know, your business isn't going to succeed. And I remember understanding that concept and being like, that makes sense because when it's, you know, you only have your nutrition business, you have 
all of your time to focus on that one thing. But that can create a ton of stress and anxiety um, if you're putting all of that, you know, like hope on your business to succeed and all of your like livelihood on this, you know, then it kind of makes it less fun and more of a struggle to get the business going. Like if finances are an issue and you're only like, this is plan A, it has to happen. Sometimes the business can suffer a little bit because of that. So I'm actually a fan of having a plan B if need be, having a part-time job or finding some other way to support yourself financially while growing your business because it might take time. And, you know, if that's going to, if having a plan B and having a part-time job or whatever it is, gives you that breathing space to be able to actually build your business in a way that doesn't feel like you're pushing or you're struggling or you're, um, I can't even think of the right word, but you're kind of just like that needy energy. Like I have to get a client or else X, Y, Z people can sometimes feel that. So whatever you need to do to maintain your basic needs, um, you know, find that extra job or find whatever you need to make that happen and then have your business as a piece on top of that. Now it's so dependent, you know, some people have so many different scenarios. Some people finances aren't an issue or you have a family member that can pay for your way or, you know, there's so many different, you know, things to consider when growing a business. So it's really hard to kind of look at what your peers are doing or be like, well, I should only do this because that's what everyone else is doing but everybody else has a different scenario. So only you will know, you know, what you need to do while you're growing your business and what makes you feel the most comfortable. And I just want you to remember that. So really tap into yourself. Would it feel better to have a part-time job while growing your business? Great. Okay. Go and do that. And maybe your business will take slower growth, but that's okay. You're still growing at the end of the day. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is that I do have, cause I want, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. Like you can only make part-time income and it's not going to happen for you. I do have a lot of clients that are working full-time in their nutrition business. Uh, but there's some things that I see those people doing that are helping them succeed. The number one thing is that they're a pro at being consistent. So they're constantly, um, putting themselves out there, whether that be on social media, on their own podcast, or doing a guest podcast, doing collaborations with other practitioners. Um, they're, you know, really spending time, like putting themselves out there and being visible. And one thing that I believe all of them have in common is that they have a solid niche. They have a clear focus for their business. They know what they're doing. They know who they're talking to. They're showing up and they're being consistent. And this has made a huge difference in their business and in the income that they're making. So if you're having trouble making income or any kind of full-time income in your nutrition business, really look at, can I get more clear with my niche? Am I like, you know, showing up as much as I can? Am I like being really um, clear with my marketing? Do I have a good sales process? You know, there's all these pieces of the business puzzle we need to look at when maybe we're not reaching our income goals. But if in that time where you're really learning how to refine your skills and how to grow your business, you need to have some kind of part-time work, go for it. I am a fan of that. I think you need to do what makes you comfortable and only you are going to know what that is. All right. The next mindset block that came in is, 
or not even mindset block, I would just say more, this is a question about how to create balance, how to build a business while working full time and managing your family life. Um, so this person wanted to know, how do you fit it all in while avoiding burnout, you know, managing family, managing work-life balance. So I will be the first one to say that I'm probably not the best person to talk about this as I do not have children. So I just want that to be super clear. I do not know what it's like to be a working mom or to, you know, balance, um, you know, bringing my kids to school, picking them up and all of those pieces. Um, so please know that take what I'm saying with a grain of salt, knowing that I am not a parent. Um, but I think at the end of the day, and after working with, you know, dozens and dozens of parents, um, what I've seen and what I've, you know, gathered information on, you know, in working with these people is that the key to managing both the full-time work and family life is to prioritize um, your work. Like, you know, what needs to be done? So maybe prioritizing work, I don't mean like prioritize work over family, but prioritize like the work that has to get done versus the work like busy work or work that you could do. So if you only have, you know, a couple hours before you have to go pick up your kids, maybe it's not about spending time tweaking your website again, or like, you know, changing your brand colors or the fonts on your website that might just be busy work. And so it's looking at, you know, what is the the work that's going to make a really big difference in my business. Maybe that's in those couple hours reaching out to a potential client. Maybe it's doing um, a Facebook live. Maybe it's get being a guest on a podcast. Maybe it is, you know, emailing um, people that have shown interest in working with you. So you can really see how like two of those things, like one has an energy of like output where you're reaching out, you're giving yourself opportunities, you're putting yourself out there where the other one is more you sitting behind the scenes. Now, sometimes we do have to work on our website and we do have to, you know, do some of those tasks, but I think a lot of people get stuck in those things and that can end up taking up a lot of time. So my recommendation is prioritize what you need to do versus the things that you can kind of put on the back burner or put on the wayside and, you know, just focus on the tasks that really matter. And also in saying that you could even, um, strategize your work days. So you could batch your work days. Um, so you could say like Mondays are just for social media and content creation. Tuesday is just for client sessions. And that way you're kind of organizing your time better. Um, and then you can use something like Asana, the task management platform to schedule your tasks out. And just like keeping yourself really organized, I think is going to be important. You can also use automated systems in your business to keep things running. Um, and I highly recommend this because if you don't have a lot of time, then we can set up systems to kind of make up some of that time for you. So you could use something like practice better to schedule your clients in or to send client forms, accept payment, and then you don't have to do all those administrative um, tasks yourself. Or you could get your email marketing platform going, like maybe Flowdesk, for example, set up some automated emails so you're nurturing your community as they're, they're joining. And then you don't have to be the one to be there in real time doing that. So anything we can put in place to kind of automate your business is what I'd highly recommend. 
Now, if you want to actually dig into this um, conversation a bit more, I recommend listening to episode 187, um, Starting a Nutrition Business as a Stay-at-Home Mom with Dawneen from Purely Plantiful. She talks in this episode about managing family life and her schedule and work, and I think it's a really great conversation. I asked her lots of questions about how does she manage the work-life balance. I also recommend listening to episode 194, Day in the Life of a Nutritionist with Erin Lamb, as she talks about how she organizes her workday with two little kids. I believe they're both, I'm going to say under five conservatively. I know they might be younger than five, but um, she has two littles at home and she's found some ways in her business to um, really prioritize her time. So those two episodes, again, that's episode 187 and 194. I feel like those would be very helpful if you are um, a parent or you have a family and you're just looking to figure out ways to balance your time a little bit more. Okay, I had so many questions come in about imposter syndrome. That feeling of, you know, I don't know enough, I don't have enough experience, who am I to help? This is such a common feeling. So much so that I've done a couple podcast episodes on imposter syndrome, I've done some blog posts, I talk about this a lot because this is so common. I think most of us, if not all of us, um, deal with imposter syndrome. Like it is so normal. Recently, I was listening to Diary of a CEO podcast and Seth Rogen, the actor was on, and I actually loved this conversation. It was a really great podcast episode where he shared very candidly, like he was like, I always feel like an imposter. I step on set and I'm wondering, what am I doing? Does anyone think I'm funny? Like, who am I to like write a new script or film a new movie? So um, that was interesting even to hear someone like him be like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, And I feel like an imposter where, you know, clearly he's not and he's doing the work. So I think that this does pop up, you know, even in the most famous people. So remembering that it's normal, but remembering that we don't have to like subscribe to this feeling forever. Like there is a way to kind of move around it and to challenge yourself like, hey, no, I I do know what I'm talking about or I am, you know, good enough to do this. So uh, let's talk about kind of how you, how you can get around that feeling. So the first thing is, you know, I think imposter syndrome always is like, uh, I always think of it as like, it's stopping you from doing something. It's like, uh, 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 like putting a wall in your place. Like you're not good enough for this. You don't know enough. And what I've found is that like, you're always going to feel that way unless you start doing the thing. So you always learn more through doing. So let's say you're like, oh, I don't actually know enough to work with clients. Well, you're not going to get better or learn more by not working with clients. You have to put yourself out there and do the thing to know more and to learn more and to like overcome that fear. And sometimes it does make sense to actually need more certifications, but that doesn't mean you can't start right now with what you already know. Like you can start with a baseline of information because I want you to remember that you honestly and like no word of a lie. You know way more right now than the average person knows about nutrition. 
And people need to support with the personalized aspect of nutrition. What will work best for them, you know, and the coaching aspect, like how will they achieve their goals? How will they stay motivated and accountable? People don't always need all of the information or education. They just need the personalized support and the guidance. And you can give that to them right now with what you know. Um, I've probably told this story on the podcast before, but just to give you an example of like, we know more than the average person. Um, I remember back in the day I was um, running workshops and in one of my workshops, I mentioned lemon water. And I was like, you know, starting your day with lemon water. This was also years ago when lemon water wasn't as popular. So I'll, I'll preface it by saying that. But I did have one gentleman and he like very courageously put up his hand because I'm going on about lemon water and, you know, expecting everybody knows what I'm talking about. And he put up his hand and he's like, um, I'm not exactly sure what I'm supposed to do here. Like, do I cut the lemon? Do I squeeze it? Am I using the zest? Like, I'm kind of confused. And I could tell that, you know, he took a risk in asking this question because I think he felt like he should know what I was talking about. And that just gave me that realization that like everybody is at such a different level in their, in their knowledge base around food and nutrition and healthy habits. So we can't assume that everybody has like so much knowledge. So maybe we're not starting at the point of like, what is lemon water? But you know, maybe we're going to the next step and it doesn't have to be teaching something at level 10, people just need to know the basics and you know the basics. You have enough schooling, enough education. You do know your stuff. So don't undersell yourself. Like you can help right now. And then maybe down the line, you get an extra certification if you feel like there's a hole in what you're teaching. But that doesn't mean you have to do it all before you even get started. Now, if you feel imposter syndrome popping up, I recommend talking about it, sharing with your colleagues or your trusted friends about how you're feeling. And uh, you have, might actually be surprised in what people reflect back to you. Like the amount of times that I thought I was the only one who thought I had no freaking idea what I was doing or if I could even do this thing or if I was good at this or whatever it was. And I shared this in a very vulnerable way with a colleague and they reflected back to me, I feel the exact same way. You know, that didn't make me feel worse or less lonely. That actually made me feel, you know, a little bit of like validation in that moment. And I think us talking about these scary things that we feel deep within us, it takes some of the power away because it can feel so like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad about this or I really don't know what I'm talking about. And you can feel so much shame about it. We get in this shame space. And once we start talking about it and we realize we're not alone, it kind of wipes that shame away and it makes it, I don't know, it, 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 we can kind of take the emotion out of it and be like, oh, you deal with that too? Wow, so do I. And then you can kind of laugh and see it from a different perspective. And sure, it might still pop up, but you could chat with your friend when it pops up next time and maybe your friend will have a, a way to help you through that. So I think talking about it um, is always gonna be helpful. So, you know, my kind of last thing to say about imposter syndrome is, you know, at the end of the day, like it's really up to us to push through it or to kind of go around it and show ourselves that we can do it. And this is a daily action. You know, imposter syndrome pops up, you take an action, you show yourself you can do it. It pops up again, you take an action, you show yourself you could do it. You give yourself the data that you can do this, that you do know what you're doing. And it's just gonna be these little blocks over time that are adding up into something really big. And that's showing yourself, oh wow, 
I actually do know what I'm talking about and I am good at this. Um, and it's not egotistical to say that. Like you should own your expertise and that, you know, like that love of this, you know, field. Like if you come from this place of passion and excitement, people aren't going to call you out for being an imposter or not knowing what you're talking about. People are going to want to be on board. And, you know, that excitement is what really draws people to our business. So overcoming imposter syndrome is a huge one. Um, and I guess I should reframe. It's not even overcoming it. I think it will be there still, but it's just learning how to pivot around it and to not let it run your life. So I hope that that's helpful. I know this is such a huge topic. And like I mentioned, there's a couple podcast episodes. If you just search um, the podcast for imposter syndrome, there's other episodes you can listen to. And I also have a blog post on imposter syndrome. You could check out at stephanielong.ca as well. Okay, we have a couple more mindset blocks here. So the next one is how to find ways to combat the isolation or the loneliness of working from home or working for yourself. So the first thing I'll say here is build community. Community is key. Um, I think it's really reframing like, you know, if you're thinking like, you know, oh, all these other nutritionists or health coaches or whatever, you know, they're competition. We really need to remove that and just be like, no, no, no having community members, even if they're doing the exact same thing as you, that is going to help you build your spirit and help you feel like moving forward because we need that connection. We need those people in our corner to keep going. And I'll use a perfect example here. Um, one of my really good friends, I'd say like my business bestie, uh, Krista from Dietitian Success Center, her and I essentially do the exact same thing. She does business coaching for dietitians I do business coaching for nutritionists. We have crossover. And at first I was worried that we did something so similar that we wouldn't be able to have a friendship. But it has been so healing for me to see that I can be friends and I can create community with someone that essentially is doing the exact same thing as me. And there's enough space for both of us. So I just want to remind you, like finding community can do so much to positively impact your business. Um, and just for some context, when I first started my nutrition business, I had moved back to a new city. So, I mean, I guess it wasn't new. I had lived there previously, but it felt new to me because I came back with a new career. I didn't have any friends in the nutrition industry. I felt lonely and isolated. And so my personality is to jump, you know, with two feet in. And I wanted to change this. So I ended up um, creating like a small networking group with a couple colleagues. And that group grew to, you know, hundreds of people in our Facebook group where we would connect and we do in-person meetups. You know, we'd have 20 or 30 nutritionists coming out. And I made some of my best friends at some of these meetups and it helped so, so much. So, you know, again, just having that community is just Oh, it's just really, really healing, especially when you're doing something like starting a business and you kind of feel like a fish out of water. The other way you can do this is like in-person or virtual co-working sessions. So you could just say, hey, you know, I've got some work to do. You've got some work to do. Let's meet on Zoom. And you both just work and chat for like an hour. So maybe you can't meet up at a coffee shop, but you do it online through co-working. And now if you don't have anybody kind of in your community, I recommend, you know, starting to foster these relationships, even by connecting with other practitioners through social media, you can take it from there. You know, um, you can really like build a relationship, comment on each other's posts, whatever it is to show support. 
And then lastly, if you're like, okay, I'm not ready to like make connections with other nutritionists or other colleagues, um, but you still want to combat that loneliness feeling. I highly recommend bringing your work to a cafe. If you can like bring your laptop, work at a cafe, coffee shop, even a co-working space and just be around other people. I used to do this so much at the beginning of my business. Um, and I just felt like surrounded by people and it actually felt really nice. So sometimes when I'm feeling super isolated at home, I'll grab my laptop and I'll head to a cafe. Um, okay. I've kind of already answered this question a little bit. Um, but somebody asked, you know, what do I do about the struggle with being productive, um, throughout my work day when I'm just getting started? So the biggest piece of advice I have here is to start with breaking down your bigger tasks into smaller tasks. So instead of something like start my website, that's a huge, massive task. You could break it down into choose website colors, add website photos, finish homepage. And that's going to help you actually do like smaller milestones. And that's going to feel like you're making more progress or you are making more progress because you're actually doing those things versus start website. You might just be stuck in like analysis paralysis. So, you know, actually breaking things down. You can also batch your work days if that's best for you. So you could have like certain days for client sessions, certain days for content creation, um, and really like setting up your schedule in a way that works for you. Another thought is to match your energy to your work. So what do I mean here? So if you have more energy in the mornings, maybe don't start your mornings with replying to emails. Something like an email task probably takes a lot more, or sorry, a lot less brain space than writing a social media post, writing a blog post, some of those creative or brain heavy tasks. So do those tasks first and then get to some of those like, less energizing tasks later in your day or whenever you have less energy. So again, like figuring out when am I most energized and doing your important work at those pieces. And then also remembering not every day is going to be super productive. Um, so, you know, you might not be at a hundred percent every day. So consistency is key, but that doesn't mean like a hundred percent consistent every day. That could mean one day you show up 10%. And the next day you show up 90% and the next day you show up 30%. The point is you're still showing up. It might not be a hundred percent, but it's still compounding on each other. So being, you know, productive by showing up and, you know, doing a little bit in each and every day is going to help you when you're getting started to get into that rhythm of, you know, making this business more than a hobby is actually putting the work in step-by-step step along the way. Okay, the last mindset block um, that we have here is one around social media. So the question was how to avoid burnout from engaging on social media and having to constantly market my business. Um, this person said it's draining to have to go read and like and comment and engage on potential clients posts or support my colleagues. I try to, but it can be very depleting and marketing my business is a whole other job in itself. Ah, I feel you. <laughs> It can be a lot. It can, you know, I was just talking with a client today that's like, wow, how do I juggle all of the things in my business? And the thing I really want you to think of, maybe this will help you kind of shift your mindset, is that your business is likely going to be 80% marketing and sales and administrative work and 20% actually practicing as a nutritionist. 
Um, so you are a business owner, like newsflash. <laughs> if you didn't know, you are a business owner. And that means, you know, a lot of your time is going to be spent marketing and administrative work and doing all the things that every business owner has to do. And it's unfortunate sometimes because we don't get to spend 100% of our time in our zone of genius, which is nutrition and working with clients, but it's part of the package deal. So, you know, remembering that, you know, the marketing, the social media and all those pieces are pieces of the puzzle and they have to happen. And this is just the role of a small business owner. So here's some things you can do. So the first one is you can set some hours to create your um, content for social media and also hours for engagement. So I highly recommend, you know, if this is burning you out, set an alarm on your phone um, to actually, you know, maybe do like a 20 minute work sprint. So set an alarm, 20 minutes, create your social media post and get whatever you can get done in 20 minutes. Um, and then maybe you set another one, 20 minutes for engagement. And now you're only spending 40 minutes on social media in that day where maybe before you were spending hours doom scrolling and just like trying to like engage with all of these people. So setting yourself timelines, I think would be really, really help to just stop you from scrolling and also choose a social media posting schedule that works for you that you can stay consistent with. So yeah, it would be great to post on social media every single day, but is that, is that available to you? Can you do that? And if that's a no, then maybe, you know, three days a week is great. Maybe one day a week right now is all you can do. You have to choose something that you can be consistent with and isn't going to burn you out, but also holding yourself accountable that this is a piece of the puzzle in building your business. So finding the balance there. I also want to remind you that there's other ways to grow a business other than social media. So even if you have some of your audience or some of your community on social media, they're probably in other places too. So maybe thinking about things like blogging, podcasting, guest podcasting, um, leaning on referrals or collaborations, doing nutrition workshops, doing in-person events, even running ads on Facebook or Google. These are other ways to grow your business. Um, the, and that aren't necessarily you having to put time in every single day to you know, grow the business. So what this means is you're focusing on creating content with a longer lifespan that can be found organically. So if you write a blog post, someone might be able to find it through Google. If you record a podcast episode, someone can listen to it two years down the line. Um, and then the, you're not on a hamster wheel of content creation. So, you know, creating content that can live longer and actually serve you for longer term than maybe something like a social media post would. And lastly, I kind of already touched on this, but marketing and content creation is part of the job. If you don't have the bandwidth for it, but you do have the financial means, you can always hire this out. You could hire a virtual assistant, um, you could hire social media help, or another idea is just to hire a nutrition intern, somebody that's still in school um, that's coming into your business and they're learning under you. Maybe they're helping you with some of these marketing pieces that's gonna free up some time for you and also give them experience in the field. So that's something to consider as well. So I just wanted to thank everybody that submitted um, some mindset blocks and some questions around mindset from the Launch Your Nutrition Biz group. Um, I'm so grateful that you have been so honest and open about some struggles you've been having. And I think so many of us listening, me included, um, can relate to a lot of these. So I don't think that there's any shame in feeling these ways. 
These are very normal feelings that we need to talk about and we need to normalize in our industry. And we need to find a community to support us through these feelings that we're having. Now, if you're looking for more support, um, you can always join us inside Launch Your Nutrition Biz, which is my online chorus for nutritionists looking to start their business and sign their first paying clients. In there, we have a monthly Q&A session for you to get support. We have a Facebook community with awesome nutritionists in there supporting one another and lots of different ways to really just get support with those first building blocks of starting your business. Now, the other thing I wanted to mention, something really exciting, um, I'm about to launch a new monthly coaching membership called Nutrition Business Club. So this membership is going to be the opportunity to get business coaching support from me um, on all of your business questions, all of your mindset questions, all of your tech questions. So every single week we'll have a weekly coaching call. You can get um, all of that feedback and support from me. We'll also have weekly co-working sessions where you can work virtually alongside your nutrition colleagues. Every single month we'll also have hot seat calls to get actual like audits on your business or for me to actually walk you through and troubleshoot some of the tech you might be working through like setting up your website or you know refining your email list so all of that tech help you need as well as quarterly business planning sessions and insider sessions to learn more about what's working and not working in my business and get you set up on a plan for what you're going to work on for the next couple months in your business and then a very supportive community where you can ask questions create those connections get the support with all of the mindset stuff we were just talking about and just feel like you're working towards this bigger goal of having a successful nutrition business so i am so excited for this to launch mid-september 2023 and if you want to be the first to know when the membership launches and get a special discount go to stephanielong.ca slash club waitlist to join the waitlist. You'll pop your email in and you will be the first to know when it launches. I am so excited to offer you this low cost option of working with me and getting the support you need. Um, so definitely go again to stephanielong.ca slash club waitlist to join the waitlist. And I will catch you in the next podcast episode we are so close to episode 200, only a couple more to go. And I'm just so grateful for all of you that listen and you're um, part of this community, you know, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for being here. And I can't wait to continue supporting you in your business building journey. Until next time, talk to you soon. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend or take us on social media. Catch you next time.